Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Well, hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. Boy, have things been going crazy at the White House and about the White House. Victories in court over the July 4th weekend and uh, lots of turmoil there in cocaine land. Uh, What a crazy, crazy scene we are seeing unfold in front of us. But really, is any of us surprised? I mean, we've really seen it all already. Uh, There is such corruption coming out of of this administration, and it just keeps getting worse. And the victories in the courts keep getting better and better for us. We're going to talk about some of that tonight, as well as some of the unfolding dynamics of the 2024 presidential race. So stick with us. A lot of of things to cover. And please uh, feel free to leave your comments, prayer intentions, questions, and things in the the comments section. Uh, Even if we don't get to your questions on this show, we'll get to them on future shows as I go back and read all of them. Well, I want to go to John chapter 10, uh, the chapter that talks to us uh, about the good shepherd. Jesus tells us that he's the good shepherd. Let's read, starting with the first verse. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but comes in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. Let us pray. Father, we turn to you through your Son, Jesus Christ, who is our Lord, Master, and Good Shepherd. He is the Good Shepherd for every nation. He rules all the nations. And He's a Good Shepherd for America, the only firm anchor that we have, the only Savior of this nation. He is our Good Shepherd, in whom our founders trusted, 
He is the good shepherd whose voice we understand. And Lord, because we understand the voice of your son, thanks to the spirit that you and he have poured out on us, we therefore can have confidence that we can make America great and keep America great because it is the voice of that spirit who teaches us the difference between good and evil, between right and wrong, between truth and falsehood. And unless your people who govern themselves know the difference between those things, we cannot govern ourselves for good, but rather we will fall off a cliff. We will listen too easily to strangers. Lord, there are many voices of many strangers in our ears today in America. Give us discernment, give us enlightenment, and give us the strength to follow the voice of your Son and His alone for the good of this nation and for the salvation of our souls. We pray through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Wow. This is, you know, friends, wasn't it a, a tremendous thing to celebrate the 4th of July? Uh, I, it, it's really one of my favorite days of the year, and, and I'm sure many of you can say the same thing. It's such an American day. I mean, it is America's birthday. 247th, by the way. That means in three more years, in uh, 2026, we've got the 250th celebration of our nation. That's going to be a big one, and uh, certainly we want... Uh, President Trump to be the one uh, who leads us in that celebration as our president. Won't that be great? Uh, he's already thinking about that celebration and what that should be like. And we should be thinking about it too and getting ready for a really big affirmation of what this nation stands for. Well, certainly what it does not stand for is the kind of nonsense that we've been seeing coming out of the White House. Cocaine, seriously? With all that you... I can just imagine the conversations going on in the Biden family right now with all the stuff that's been coming out and all their efforts to distract people's attention from it. This goes and happens. I mean, it's, 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 it's ironic. It's also tragic. I mean, what, is, what, what, what more are we to expect from this family? Well, what else is going to happen? before people realize they don't belong in that White House. They just don't belong there. And, and this corruption, furthermore, has spread throughout the Democrat Party. It's not just a matter of Biden versus somebody else in the party. It's the party itself that has become corrupt and therefore needs to be ejected, not only from Washington, from, but from any position of power on any level of government throughout the 50 states. Now, Dick Morris is someone I listen to all the time. And as you know, he's a, a key advisor to President Trump. He was an advisor also to President Clinton. He understands both sides of the aisle. He understands politics. And, and I just want to uh, repeat for you some of the great things he said on one of his recent shows. You know, he believes in um, politics as he looks, especially at the election of 2024, in, uh, in terms of fusion, uh, rather than fission. Fission, you know, you get atomic power by splitting atoms. Fusion, you know, combining them together. And he says, you know, there's a way forward here as we deal with such uh, division in our nation over such fundamental issues. There are nevertheless certain things that we find the people in on the right and the, and the folks on the left, for lack of better terms, essentially agreeing on. I mean, when you look, for example, at uh, censorship, by big tech, 
And we're going to get into the court decision that came out over the weekend, too, that gives us a big victory there. You look at censorship by, by big tech. People don't want that. People don't want furthermore these, you know, these, these, have you been reading about these electric meters that keep track of exactly which lights in which rooms of the house were on for what period of time? And therefore, you know, you can, it's essentially an electronic invasion of privacy. Again, people on both sides of, of the aisle, they don't want that. They don't want mandated vaccines, especially for our children. There are things that unite. Americans, even if they're not going to, I'm not talking about a, some sort of collaborative uh, effort across the aisle. I'm just talking about the way voters think. There are some some things that unite us, and 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 you know the two sides use different terminology to describe what's in uh, the middle that they're against. In other words, Dick Dick Morris describes that you know the two parties have really become four parties. And so we've got the MAGA Republicans, okay, to which movement I gladly subscribe and I, and I trust uh, uh, most of you, the greatest political movement in American history. And uh, then we've got the Rhino uh, Republicans, the establishment. Then we've got the, uh, the, the establishment Democrats. And then we've got what you might call a, a movement among the Democrats that's symbolized by the kind of things that RFK Jr. has been saying in his campaign, which would attract uh, a lot of the people that I'm, I'm saying now would agree with us that, you know, they don't want this uh, uh, censorship by big tech or these mandates coming out of the government and so forth. OK, so you got these. So in the middle, now both sides use different words, but we, we talk about big tech. The left will talk about big pharma. We talk about the deep state. They use the term the uh, military industrial, uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, the, the, the alliance there, uh, mil uh, industrial military. And, 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 and so different names, but they describe the same realities that are oppressing us and that threaten to oppress us. And so you have this phenomenon, or you can have this phenomenon where from left and right, this, this big monster in the middle needs to be done away with. And, our direct, and the direction of our country to go in a much more uh, rational and reasonable, uh, uh, reasonable way. Um, okay, so this is something that could define what the uh, election is shaping up to be. Now, those who are attracted, for example, by what... Uh, what uh, RFK Jr. is saying, will ultimately, in a general election in which, let's say, uh, uh, Biden is the, uh, is the nominee, they're going to look at this and, and a lot of the more moderate people are going to say, well, he's just a, you know, a, a puppet of the, of, the, uh, of the party. He's not going to be able to take on the deep state the big tech, big pharma. He's not going to be able to, he, he, he's, he's a puppet of those things. Who's the only one that can really take them on and is willing to do so and has proven himself a fighter against this stuff? Obviously, President Trump. So President Trump, in, in emphasizing all of this, can indeed and will indeed attract a lot of Democrat votes. I think that's the way that this is shaping up. I think the analysis of, of Dick Morris makes a lot of sense and certainly has a lot more experience than most of us in, 
analyzing these things and in pointing out these trends. So I thank him for that and offer that to you for your consideration. Now, there was a great victory in the courts. Now, this is in a case, it's still percolating. It's going to be percolating probably for the next couple of years through the court system, probably end up uh, at the Supreme Court. Because it's an issue of great, great concern, as we were just saying, on the part of many Americans. This is a case called Missouri versus Biden. It was brought by the states of Missouri, Louisiana, and a number of other plaintiffs who had put out information, many of them talking about the, the vaccines, and, 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 and their information was put out a few years ago and censored by many of the social media platforms called disinformation or misinformation. You're misleading people. We can't let you say these things. Now, just sit back and think about that for a moment. As an American, someone who just celebrated our nation's independence, the meaning of the flag, the meaning of freedom, the inherent rights that we have, the First Amendment rights that we have, the freedom of speech in particular, what happens or what is happening when government says that your speech shouldn't be allowed. I mean, how can you get more basic than that as a violation of the First Amendment? Well, no matter what reason, fill in the blank what the reason is. Oh, it's misinformation. Oh, it's harmful. Oh, it's damaging. Oh, we don't agree with it. Is that really the role of government? To decide what speech is acceptable and what isn't? Or is that exactly the opposite of what the role of government is supposed to be? Under our Constitution, it's exactly the opposite. The government is supposed to protect your right to speak, even if the government itself disagrees with what you're saying. That is the historic and correct and constitutional understanding of freedom of speech. It's precisely because there will be people who will disagree, will disagree vehemently, and will want to therefore shut you up. It's precisely because there are people and forces and groups that will want to shut you up that the government steps in and provides that First Amendment protection. If the government, meanwhile, becomes the very one who wants to shut you up, then we've got a major attack on the First Amendment, on freedom of speech, on the Constitution, on freedom generally. And when the government shuts down speech, it's depriving all the people of a healthy exchange of ideas, and it's depriving the political system of the raw material it needs in order to work. Because as we said in the, in the opening prayer here tonight, in order to work, this system of government has to have an electorate that can discern right from wrong, good from, 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 from bad, uh, truth from falsehood. And it does that by healthy, vigorous, wide-open, robust debate and speech, as the Supreme Court has time and time again in multiple cases affirmed, using those very same words and phrases. Robust and wide-open, our, our freedom of speech has to be. Our exchange of information wide open. So here you've got a case where two states, Missouri and Louisiana, actually bring Biden and Biden administration into court. Why? Because they say, well, among other things, we have to protect our citizens in our states. We have to protect their constitutional rights, including the freedom of speech. 
and what we see here now, how is Biden implicated? What is the what is the the uh, the the assertion being made in this case that the government and and we have hearings going on about this in the Congress now as well, but that the government has led. Well, let me put it in the words of uh, of uh, uh, I know uh, I know Attorney General Jeff Landry from Louisiana and former Attorney General from Missouri Eric Schmidt, um, who who have who have described and testified about what this case is all about. Quote, the largest speech censorship operation in recent history, conducted by the Biden administration by doing what? By pressuring social media companies to shut down certain messages. Like the Hunter Biden laptop story prior to the 2020 election. Like certain information or opinions that people have about the China virus and the ways to stop it and the effectiveness of the means of stopping it. Why can't people talk? Why can't people talk? You've got an opinion here, you've got an opinion there, you've got a hundred different opinions. It's healthy for American society that we can open our mouths, speak our minds, debate. This idea that the government somehow has to control what is information, what is misinformation, what people should hear, what people shouldn't hear, is so un-American. And it is also so characteristic of the dictatorships and communist regimes that we've seen all too often in the history of the world. We don't need that becoming a part of American history. And yet that is obviously the threat we face. But we're also gaining some victories over this. Now, we talked in, in, a, in the other night about the significant Supreme Court victories, including for uh, freedom of speech, that the court gave us as it closed its current term just last week. We're also seeing a victory here from a district court that uh, took up this case and said the following in its initial um, decision. I mean, this is this is pretty serious uh, stuff. During the COVID-19 pandemic, a period perhaps best characterized by widespread doubt and uncertainty, the judge wrote, the United States government seems to have assumed a role similar to an Orwellian ministry of truth. And then it goes on to talk about how this is um, uh, an, uh, a censorship enterprise. I'm, uh, actually, now this is a, a Attorney General Landry speaking. So vast that it spans over a dozen significant government institutions. So we're not just talking about the White House. We have, you know, in this case, this opinion that was issued the other day just gives example after example of these communications, some of which you may have seen in the news, uh, going for going between the administration and the uh, heads of, of different social media uh, tech companies. This is this is exactly the kind of things that our founders um, warned against. This case arguably involves the most massive attack on free speech in the United States history. Now, that's that's no small matter. So initial victory in this case, because what the judge did just the other day was to say to the Biden administration, stop 
communicating with the heads of these tech companies. Stop communicating with them in the way that you've been doing about removing certain messages from the platforms uh, or coming up with some kind of protocol of keeping certain kinds of information that 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 are, are deemed uh, by the government to be inappropriate and telling these social media companies and pressuring them and even threatening them in various ways uh, if they don't uh, keep this stuff off the platforms or at least give it lower reach than it would otherwise have. Absolutely intolerable. And I have great confidence that a case like this is, uh, I mean, obviously it's going to be appealed and appealed and appealed, go up the ladder of the court system, but I have great confidence that as that happens, in fact, I think as it happens is even more likelihood that there will be continued success here for free speech. It's the doctrine is so clear and it's so easy to understand. You have a conviction as an American citizen, you have the right, you have a constitutional right you also have a moral and basic human right to speak your mind. Now, you do so peacefully. You can do so passionately. You can be passionate and peaceful at the same time. And you, and you do so vigorously. And if people don't like it, well, listen, you, there's a price to be paid for living in a society that has freedom of speech. And that is that sometimes you're going to be offended. The left seems to think there's some kind of right not to be offended. No, there isn't. It, 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 the price you pay in a free society is that you have to understand sometimes people are going to say things that you don't like and there are going to be people that you don't like saying things you don't like and that's that's just the way it is. But you don't get to have the force of government shut them up just because you don't like what they said or you don't like them. And this, and this I'm confident, is a right that we're going to continue to see. Uh, we'll continue to see it attacked, but we'll also continue to see it defended and ultimately victorious in our court system. The best way, friends, I always say to, to, to defend our um, freedom of speech is to exercise it without fear. Continue doing that. Continue following these cases. We'll continue following them along with you. And uh, this is the way, ultimately, that the common good prevails in America, and we lead America in the direction we need her to go. So let's turn back to the Lord in prayer. Father, your word says, I believed and therefore I spoke. Lord God, uh, continue to preserve uh, in us and through us the freedom of speech. Continue to preserve and protect it. Continue to enable us to advance it against every threat. And continue, Lord God, through that free speech for us to renew the values on which America was founded for us to protect our children from indoctrination uh, and, and, and for us to help our fellow citizens understand for whom they should vote if they want to see the greatness of America restored. Strengthen the vigor of the political debate in our country. Keep us safe, Lord God. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. 
Thanks, friends. Father Frank Pavone here from Priests for Life. Uh, connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone and connect with Right Side Broadcasting, RSB Network, and join us again tomorrow here for Praying for America. You can see my other programs also at endabortion.tv and the various platforms connected from there. Thanks so much for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany, one of the many members of Priests for Life. This organization is one of the largest and most visible pro-life ministries in the world. Priest, the Priest for Life team relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priest for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give us as generous a gift as you can. Thank you for your kindness and be assured of our prayers for you every day. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.